1: This is a gentle, relaxing whisper. I hope you have a good night's sleep.
2: All right, wait a second. Wait a second. Stay with me. Don't go to sleep just yet.
0: Ah, that was really soothing. It was almost going to work on me.
2: I know, Lauren, but we we have to tell people about the episode. I'm Mike Rogers. This is Something Offbeat, and that's one of our producers, Lauren Berry.
0: On this episode, we're looking into an article I found in Time Out magazine about an unusual pop-up gallery in Times Square. It just closed at the beginning of March, but while it was up, visitors didn't see paintings on the walls. Instead, they could watch 48 different videos related to ASMR. That's an acronym that stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It's something that I've seen videos about for years, but actually know very little about. Had you heard about it before I sent you the article, Mike?
2: I'm like you. I admit, I'd never heard a thing about it. But But as I got into it and I learned a little more, I became more and more intrigued because this is actually something that could help a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Uh, So we reached out to Dr. Craig Richard. He's the founder of ASMR University, and he's also the host of the Sleep Whispers podcast. He is an expert on this subject.
2: And he's a really good whisperer. In fact, he is the voice you heard at the top of the show. And he joined me to fill us in on all things ASMR. For those who've never heard of ASMR, can you explain what it is
1: exactly? It's just a fancy way of saying the experience that some people have, which is this deeply relaxing feeling, but also with these light, pleasurable brain tingles, which are kind of sparkly. They're not like chills, but they're sparkly in their light and they might travel down the spine. So is it intended to elicit relaxation specifically, or does it create other sensations and feelings as well. Oh, it's definitely relaxing. Um, we've surveyed over 20,000 people who experience ASMR and we ask them, you know, what is the top response? Like, what do you feel? Relaxation is number one. You, I imagine you're pretty good at this. You have a very soothing voice. Is
2: that what ASMR sounds like? Give me an example of something.
1: Yeah, it can be the sounds of someone's voice. It can be the sound of plastic gently crinkling nails gently tapping the most popular trigger is whispering and i guess i can simulate that cuz i have a my podcast is called sleep whispers and so i do it on there the key thing is not to whisper too harshly like don't whisper You're hiding behind a tree and you're scared someone's going to find you. No, that that is not relaxing whispering. So an ASMR style whisper would be nice and, and, and gentle. It's almost as if you're thoughtfully whispering in your friend's ear. That's amazing. What got you interested in this? I was in my kitchen listening to a podcast And the episode was about this thing I'd never heard of called ASMR. And they explained that there were these videos on YouTube that people were watching and it was helping them to get into this super relaxing state and help them to fall asleep. And it just sounded like a lot of woo-woo bunk to me because I'm a physiologist and I'd never heard the term autonomous sensory meridian response. So it sounded like some just made up stuff that wasn't really meaningful. And I was about to delete the episode and not waste my time until they mentioned Bob Ross. And my eyes lit up because they said people who experience ASMR get super relaxed by watching the TV show, Bob Ross's Joy of Painting. I had these flashbacks to being a kid, turning on Bob Ross, lying on the floor, listening to his voice and the sound of his paintbrushes. And my head would get all fuzzy and tingly. And I'd, Well, not pass out, but I'd fall asleep in the middle of his painting. And so that's when I knew I experienced it.
2: Now, Lauren, over the past 10 years, there have been advancements in ASMR research and not just from Dr. Richard.
0: Yeah, you're right. This new research includes a paper published in the Cortex Journal last April about how ASMR affects the brain and why it creates that relaxing sensation.
2: You know, the Cortex Journal has always been one of my favorites. And in addition to that, I spoke with Joy Bhattacharya. He's a professor at Goldsmith University in London and the lead researcher of the study. I'm going to talk to him about exactly what they found. I'm learning a little bit more about this every day and find it really fascinating. How did you become interested in this?
3: My interest is primarily to understand brain and its functioning in actually diverse range of functions from creativity, music, emotion, art, aesthetics, problem solving, yes, and so forth. So this actually fits very nicely because ASMR remains quite a fascinating, but at the same time, quite unique sensory experience, which offers a blend of actually various constructs like arousal, relax, alertness, emotions, positivity, reward, and so forth.
2: How did you go about researching what ASMR does to the brain?
3: So yes, we did experiment with with a group of animal volunteers who are classified as either weak or strong ASMR responders because not everybody experiences these tingling sensations when they watch these ASMR-inducing videos. So in the laboratory, so we let these participants to watch their favorite ASMR videos in two forms. One in its original form and one is a bit scrambled version of the same video. And while we monitor as well as recorded their brain activities. And then we asked the participants, tell us what you feel on a scale. Because are you feeling, are you feeling tingle sensation? Is it weak, is it numb, is it strong? And then later on, after collecting the brain data, then we look at those segments when the participants really report feeling strong this tingling sensation. And then we compare those with other brain activities to those segments when the participants are watching similar videos, but didn't experience any kind of tingling sensation. So when you compare these two types of brain activities. One hand, there is a strong tingling sensation, which is a characteristic of ASMR, versus then there is a no ASMR. We found there is a robust changes that we observe in the brain activities, and these changes happen in actually all major brain waves.
2: What part or parts of the brain are
3: involved here? Well. If you are thinking only about there is a one hot spot, not really. So this is a multitude of brain regions. It's a network of brain regions that's showing these changes, kind of patterns of activations as well as deactivations.
2: Can you compare the ASMR sensation to anything else?
3: To the best of our knowledge, there is no another event or kind of experience which matches identically. However, in the research, actually, there are several types of sensations They are proposed to be somewhat related. I will just name a film, say, for example, frisson, or this, for example, when you are listening to your most favorite pieces of music, you have this intense pleasurable experience and also sometimes this kind of tingling sensation. So that's called the musical frisson or, or also called peak experience, peak pleasure experience. But there are differences there between this frisson and ASMR. The difference is, say the tingling that you experience, this kind of shiver down the spine when you listen to your most favorite piece of music, that is more short-lasting. Whereas the tingling during ASMR, that is much longer lasting.
2: How is this commonly used? I mean, in terms of practical
1: applications, I would think this would be really good for someone suffering from insomnia. Yeah. That's another thing we asked in our study of 20,000 individuals who experience ASMR is we asked them, what is the top way it helps you? The number one response from 60% was that it does help them become more relaxed and less stressed, which then could be also helpful for individuals with anxiety. The second top reason that people were turning to ASMR was that it helps them to fall asleep. And then the third top reason was that they just enjoy it. There's some people that just will watch these ASMR videos for hours because they feel this sense of enjoyment from it. So that's we come back
2: to the soothing and the relaxing aspect of this, yeah. I can't think of any anything more relaxing than watching Bob Ross paint. What other kinds of ASMR can you think of beyond the whispering and the and human voice? What else is there?
1: There's also uh, the way people move. So when you watch these ASMR artists in the video and even Bob Ross, they don't make any frantic movements because the person's voice and the sounds they make and the way they move are all telling your brain subconsciously or consciously that they're not a threat that they care about you. And they're there to do something beneficial to you, for you. The other trigger type that people forget about is light touch. And that's because you don't really experience it through a video. You know, Bob Ross is not gonna reach out and touch you. What would some examples
2: be from this exhibit in, in New York, in Times Square? There was one that kind of stood out to me. It's just a video of cheese melting.
1: Yeah, that might fall under more oddly satisfying. So that's one of the confusing areas for ASMR is people think that anything that is relaxing and soothing is ASMR, which isn't really true. So you can watch cheese melting and that is soothing, but it's unlikely to stimulate those special brain tingles, which is the signature of ASMR. As we have so many more things stimulating us now and
2: life has become so much more complicated and stressful. Has ASMR
1: become a little more popular in recent years, do you think? The strange thing about ASMR is it's had a very steady rise in the past 10 years. If you plug it into Google Trends, which is just a a Google tool that shows you how often people are searching for certain terms, ASMR is one of the few terms that you can plug in and see it steadily rise in popularity. So it's not just over the past one, two, three years that it's become popular. It's just that it's, as people learn about it for the first time, they then think that it's just become popular, but it's been rising steadily in popularity for the past 10 years. Are there any misconceptions
2: about it that, that you want to clear up?
1: For misconceptions about it, I would say that it's video only. Some people think just because ASMR videos are so popular, that's the only place you can get to experience ASMR, but you can experience ASMR through podcasts. And you can also experience ASMR in the real world. One of the other misconceptions is that ASMR is a sexual response. And the only people that say that are the people who don't experience ASMR. So they're just kind of guessing what ASMR may feel like, unfortunately. There have been at least four peer-reviewed studies that have looked into this and have asked and studied people who experience ASMR And they say, do you feel a sexual response when you're experiencing ASMR? And they say no.
2: Lauren, it seems as though ASMR videos on the internet may have contributed to that misconception.
0: Yeah, you're right again. In December, The Verge actually reported on a subcategory of sensual ASMR videos that were demonetized by YouTube. However, this report noted that those videos aren't as popular as just regular ASMR videos, which can get hundreds of millions of views.
3: On the social media, there are sometimes you get an overlap between so-called not age-appropriate content with ASMR. However, once you control for that, I do not foresee any kind of scope of abuse because as such, there is no negative effect.
2: With regards to ASMR, what are your future plans? Do you have any follow-up research planned?
3: Well, as I said, we're just scratching the surface there. I mean, we means also the researchers as well. So most of the studies, including ours as well, this is just the beginning. We found that, yes, this is something really interesting. It really is a very interesting nature patterns of brain activations, but... How reliable are these? How robust are these? How consistent are these activations? So what we need, we are also trying to do more large scale systematic well-controlled study. Or also to understand, so what are the features of the acoustic and the visual that would lead rise to a specific ASMR response? Or going back to your earlier point, that how can we demonstrate eats any benefit in therapeutic settings. In order to do that, we do do, do, do randomized controlled trial. Of course, at this moment, I'm not planning, but I think these are the things that we as researchers need to do.
2: And Dr. Richard has some advice for people who might want to listen to his Sleep Whispers podcast or who run into an ASMR exhibit
1: in their neck of the woods. So kind of picture this as your opportunity to go into this. And the other thing you could that could happen is you go there and you listen to something, you watch something, you experience something, and suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, I just got a brain tingle. I experience ASMR. I hear that story all the time.
2: I'm Mike Rogers. Thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Berry and Chris Blake. The audio editing by Chris Blake. Original music by Myron Kaplan and editorial support from Cooper Mall. Now to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover... We'd love to hear about it. Send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey at audacy.com.
0: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?